Hey, what's up? Matt here. Thanks for tuning in to Dogpile, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. Look, if you're in North Mississippi, you have any kind of land need, whether it's buying, selling, you need land, farmland, hunting land, recreational, building a dream home, anything land related, trust me on this, at Mississippi Land Bank, they have the kind of people that you want to do business with. Dogpile is also presented by Jubilation's Cheesecake in West Point, right on Highway 45. When you're traveling through, stop in and see George and Luann and the folks there at Jubilation's. You can watch them make those cheesecakes and enjoy the coffee shop as well. Lunch, breakfast, all the sweets, including, obviously, cheesecake. Every season is Jubilation season. And we can't say thanks enough to High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany for jumping in and pitching in and helping to send Brett to Omaha. High Point Roasters in New Albany. Look, uh, that's where I get all my coffee. Uh, you can ask my family. They hear that coffee grinder running every morning at about 4.30. I'm making fresh for the uh, for the press. Dan the Coffee Man, Dan Skinner, great folks, great Bulldogs there at High Point Roasters in New Albany. Trust me on this. If you're a coffee drinker, go to highpointroasters.com highpointroasters.com and order your coffee now. It's fresh. It's got the best flavor. It's a much higher quality than you're getting on grocery store shelves. You will not regret getting your coffee from High Point Roasters, Dan the Coffee Man, who always says, stay caffeinated, my friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dogpile. I am Brett Hudson, once again, daily, once again, from Omaha, Nebraska, um, chilling at the uh, at the rental home uh, about 10:30 Saturday night after what was a, a pretty low key Saturday for the Bulldogs. We'll get to all of the details later on in the show, but I do want to let you know that in addition to the show being brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank and Jubilation's Cheesecake in West Point, as it always is, our travel here to Omaha was made possible by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. They're the oldest coffee operation, cooperation, I'm going to just combine those two words for some reason, the oldest coffee operation in the state of Mississippi. You can get free shipping on an order of three or more bags of coffee if you go to highpointroasters.com. Hit my man, Dan the Coffee Man, on Twitter, at Dan the Coffee Man. And as Dan always says, stay caffeinated, my friends. So because this was a pretty low-key Saturday for Mississippi State, the primary attraction of this episode is going to be an interview with AL.com's Auburn beat writer Sam Blum. So we'll know as much as possible about Auburn after this episode. But we did get to catch up with Chris Limonis and Jordan Westberg uh, before their Saturday morning practice. So I'll get to a few bits of sound from that first. So I asked Chris Limonis about pitching for the team's second game on Tuesday because he said earlier in the week that it was TBD. I asked mostly to see what was influencing his decision, be it arm care schedules or the matchup of whoever they end up playing in that game. And he answered my follow-up question before I even had to ask it. Well, it'll be all about everybody's available, but we will uh, look at who we're playing yeah. and make a decision on who we're playing. What we do know is Ethan Small will go against Auburn on Sunday night, and Lamonis had this great soundbite on Ethan and pitching in big environments. Check this out. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Ethan's a different. We can pitch. 
pitch him on Mars, I think he'd be fine. You know, so he's – but it does help that he's pitched here and he's been around it and everything else. But um, we haven't pitched in an environment yet that's bothered him, so I think he'll be really good tomorrow. Those of you that follow me on Twitter know the biggest decision Ethan Small has to make is the uniforms, obviously. The game is on Sunday, and Sundays mean nickel blacks, right? But Ethan has yet to pitch in something other than the Maroon 85s this year, and clearly Ethan's been pretty good, so something's working out for him pretty well. Of course, the team will want to wear the nickel blacks, but Lamonis has given Ethan Small veto power, if he so chooses. So, of course, I asked Jordan Westberg for his input on this highly important debate. And it turned into something I did not expect. Throwing a few stray darts at Jake Mangum. Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I like to stick with what works. But uh, Ethan thinks maroon works when he pitches, and we think black works on Sunday. So I don't know what we're going with, but I don't, I don't really think it matters at this point. Who's the most superstitious person on the team? Probably Jake Mangum. Yeah. <laughs> no, no brainer. <laughs> Water some of them. I couldn't tell you. He, he wears the same things when he has three hits in a game. The next game, he does the same routine. He'll probably eat at the same place. I don't, I don't know. He's got so many. It's pretty hard to tell. All right, all right. Let's set the hijinks aside for a second. I, I guessed in one of my Friday podcasts that the team would have a 10:30 practice and then go off to some sort of organized activity, but I was wrong. Lamonis gave the players some freedom on Saturday. So I told them they can go walk and go to the game or go with family or go um, you know, downtown and get a t-shirt or whatever they want to do. But um, starting tomorrow morning when we wake up, it's my day. And so we'll get right back into um, you know, getting ready to play a baseball game. And we'll get a good practice this morning. Has your family already hit the t-shirt and cap market? Mine hasn't yet, so they're waiting on me. So uh, they know I have the wallet, so they'll get me up pretty good. <laughs> but they, um, yeah, we're, we're doing that this afternoon, too. So that's about it in terms of what Mississippi State did on Saturday. Uh, so to get you fully prepared for the Sunday 6.30 game against Auburn, we have the AL.com beat writer uh, for uh, Auburn AL.com beat writer, Sam Blum, joining us here on the podcast. Let's go to that conversation right now. And we're pleased to be joined here on Dogpile by Sam Blum, the Auburn beat writer for AL.com. Or is it Alabama Media Group? Do y'all care? I mean, it's always confusing for people because it's like it could be the Birmingham News, it could True. be AL.com, it could be Alabama Media Group, so it could be anything. And they're Huntsville and Mobile, too. Huntsville, yeah. Right? Huntsville, yeah. I don't uh, want to go all, all five of them there. Yeah. We're going to go with AL.com because yeah, we'll that drives the traffic yeah, right does. to the website. Yeah, okay, so people want. Sam Blum is the Auburn beat writer for AL.com. Find him on Twitter at SamBlum3BLUM. Sam, appreciate yes, you joining us. So we did a quick look at the other three teams in this bracket in an episode earlier in the week, and I looked at this Auburn team, doesn't have a batter hitting over 300. Doesn't have, 290. Yeah, don't have a batter slugging over 500. Uh, starting pitching has been a carousel throughout the season. The one steady presence was Tanner Burns, and he went out late in the year, and they're still in Omaha. So I can only describe this run as having the magic and having the moment on their side. How do you explain Auburn's presence here? Yeah, in I mean it's it's. I mean, like you said, nobody's hitting 290, but they've been hitting pretty well throughout the postseason, which shows just how bad it had gotten. I mean, that's true. If you looked at last season, the guy uh, Will Holland, Edouard Julian, Stephen Williams. Those were those were the three guys, like two, three, four hitters coming into the year. By the end of the season, they were like seven, eight, nine. They had 41 homers last year. They had like 20. I think we're still at around 22, something like that. Maybe a little bit more now. Um, you know, no one was hitting for power. Weren't hitting for average. Stephen Williams got benched for a game. Edouard Julien got pinched hit uh, for in the last at bat at LSU. So they were really kind of on their way out. And now all three of them have really got hot here. They're all yeah. hitting above 330. 
uh, in the postseason. I say that's a big big factor. And you have a couple of pitchers, you know, who have stepped up who were not good throughout the year and have now kind of gotten uh, pretty good, like Bailey Horn. Yeah, you know, and, and Richard Fitz are like the main guys. You, you mentioned the the numbers. I mean, Rankin Woley's an example. Yeah. He, he's hitting three seventy in the tournament. Yeah. His batting average still isn't over uh, two ninety for for the season. So he it's, was not good enough to get drafted. I mean, that's a thing. True. You know, yeah. he, this was his year. But he was a guy that came played at LSU. Even he's been here before. You yeah. Know? And uh, and you, you know, he came here probably thinking this would be the only year he'd be here. And now he's had a to come back next season. True. Uh, so so I do want to get to this team, but but I also want to ask a Bush Thompson question before before we do because he's a Mississippi guy, former Mississippi State assistant, wildly popular in Starkville. Yeah. Still, people rave about him years after he left. Putting aside the popularity that someone gains from taking a team to Omaha for the first time in two decades, put that put that aside, that popularity boost aside, is he a popular man in Auburn? Is Butch Thompson a popular oh, man? man? When, when they went out and, and were leaving and go here, I, I, said, I compared it to, like, Bruce Pearl a little bit when the notoriety he I saw got, that, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, uh, he, Bruce Pearl's known everywhere in the country, especially in the SEC, and... You know, he just became like a stud at Auburn once they went to the Final Four, and you kind of get that with Butch right now. I mean, it probably won't last as long. It probably won't be as, you know, it won't maybe go full year like it has with, with Bruce. But right. right now, Butch Thompson is the star at Auburn. I mean, and it, and it makes sense. He's one of the most very genuine coaches you'll come around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, and I say that as a perpetual skeptic of every coach I've ever talked to. You know, well, they've earned that as a profession. They, they've as earned a that. Profession, but that's why I, I genuinely believe it with 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 Butch that you, you get what he's telling you when, he, when he's not going to lie to you and you know that because throughout this year he'd come in and say a lot of you know he'll, he'll be honest with you about his team when they were struggling throughout the year he would say it uh, and he would say that he's talked several times about how he didn't even think they'd even be able to win a regional or maybe he'd not even get to a regional mm-hmm. and so you know I think he's he's uh, certainly kind of earned the, the respect at Auburn that he's gotten uh, I'm the, not surprised me that he's popular in Mississippi I just did a story this week on uh, his first team he brought to a college world series a Juco team uh 22 years ago, actually, at wow. Jefferson State. So he was the head coach for one season there, and he took him to a college World Series in, in, in junior college ranks. And, you know, all those guys were thrilled to talk about him. So you get the sense he's been popular his whole career. Yeah, I mean, guys that are on this roster at Mississippi yeah. State are still thrilled to talk about Butch Thompson. So let's let's get to this game. Auburn has Jack Owen on the mound, a sophomore lefty. His stats from the two appearances in the NCAA tournament, a 1.846 whip and a 6.23 ERA. They're not pretty. What does he bring to the table, and should state fans be as confident as those numbers suggest they should be? You know, it's tough to say because, like, I don't want to say. I mean, your numbers, you are what your what your numbers are, especially in baseball. I mean, you're not, you know, he's not pitching that well. Uh, he he was hurt for he was pitching extreme. I mean, if you look at his ERA before he got hurt, up, I think it was March 16th. Yeah, because he didn't pitch in Starkville for that yeah, reason. He didn't pitch yet. I think that's part of why he's starting this game. Uh, yeah, to be honest with you, um, you know, he his ERA was .31 when he got hurt, and that was over the course of like you know. Almost 30, 40 innings, I think. Yeah. So he was probably really, he threw a complete game shutout against uh, Tennessee to start up the conference season. And, you know, he, he just got hurt. And I think since coming back, shoulder, you know, not as sharp. Uh, you know, he's had some struggles. Kind of a, the bookend of his start, you know, the beginning in North Carolina, about the fourth inning against Georgia. You know, but, he, you know, it's been about putting together six innings. I don't think he's been able to do it really. So will he be able to do that? I don't know, but I feel like they're, they're going to have a short leash with him if they shortly with him if it comes to that and you might have like a guy like Elliot Anderson come in pretty early or Ryan Watson come in pretty early okay yeah that was a that was another question I had because that was another thing with this uh stars that they've been relatively short in the NCAA tournament so they have do they have the bullpen arms to carry five six inning against Mississippi State if two, they have to two weeks ago I would have said no I mean Mississippi State's a different animal than they <laughs> yeah. faced I mean I mean like I said Auburn has nobody hitting 290 I think Mississippi State might have nine guys hitting over 300 seriously so it's it's uh, ridiculous and it's you know the same thing with Vanderbilt they might face you know 
probably wouldn't face on Tuesday unless they won. But yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a tough pod they got here. Definitely, the other pod is a little easier. Oh yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. So yeah, I, I, do they have the pitchers? They've had the pitchers so far against Georgia Tech and North Carolina. So you know. <laughs> You don't want to say they don't, but it's. Uh, I think right now they're just kind of riding something a little bit more magical than right. probably their actual talent suggests they have. Right. Stephen Williams has been a big yeah. bat for for Auburn. Three of his nine homers have come in this uh, NCAA tournament. He's hitting three sixty and slugging seven sixty in the NCAA tournament. Thirteen RBI in, in six games. Is there an adjustment to be credited for this, or is this just an impeccably timed hot streak? If you look at the way he played last year, everything he hit was you know online. He was incredibly. T- I mean, people looked at that guy and thought, okay. This is someone who's going to be two years high draft pick, mm-hmm. you know, good player. Uh, so I mean, I think it, it's been there. You know, if you, I mean, I think just so much of what you saw this season was just those line drives turning into really like high pop ups. You know, he's just getting under it a little bit. And you know, I don't, I don't know what the slump was. Is I'm not, you know, we're not necessarily in, in the room there exactly like looking at the swings and everything. But you know, I know that, that Gabe Gross kind of worked with a lot of guys on their on their swings. Maybe he got some of the blame for it. Gabe Gross is their hitting coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, he got blamed for like Will Holland. Being you know in a, in a really bad slump, uh, he was someone that was supposed to be a you know, number, you know, t- uh, first round pick this year. You know, ended up dropping to the fifth round, uh, which was a huge drop, I and mean, that's a lot of money that could, mm-hmm. that could cost you. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's tough to say. Are they are they in a hot streak, or is this kind of the mean, or is they progressed? I don't, it's it's so it's so tough to say over such a six game span. You don't know, but yeah, I do think he's he's swinging the ball really well, Stephen. You know, he's, he's just he's got some power on it that he didn't have all year. I guess we'll find out if it's uh, real or yeah. not here in the next uh, week or so. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a quick list of other bats in the lineup, and you give me your most interesting nugget on a player of your choosing. Sure. Ryan Bliss, he's hitting 407 in the tournament. Rankin Woley's hitting 370 in the tournament. And Edwa Julian, who has eight hits and five walks in six NCAA tournament games. That's tough. Um, well, you know, I know it's just someone was speaking, but Edwin Julian's pretty pumped that the uh, Toronto Raptors won the some Canada. So, oh yeah! So you know they they, they got that going. State's for got it. a Canadian kid, yeah, a so reliever, they, Eric yeah. Sarantola. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was uh, it was Justin Lee who tweeted that out. He's you know I guess uh, he's they're not, not from Toronto, but it is it is a big deal when you're uh, I guess a can- Canadian and you know you play baseball and somehow made your way to Auburn. <laughs> he's he speaks with a thick French accent. So oh really? Yeah. Um, but you know it's it's interesting. I mean these guys are all you know. Fun to talk to. Ryan Bliss is someone that's been committed to Auburn for a long time. Uh, you know, he's he, every time you talk to him, that guy just smiles and he's fun. He's fun to listen to. So, um, you know, Rankin Woolley, someone like I said, he's been here. He didn't actually get to play in, in the College World Series, I don't think, but he was on the LSU roster that made it to the finals two seasons ago. Um, so, you know, there's just a, there's some interesting storylines going along. Yeah. So, if you want to learn more on uh, on Auburn before they play each other Sunday night, six thirty, right? Yes, six thirty. Six thirty on on Sunday. Go. Uh, Follow Sam Blum on Twitter at SamBlum3 and find the Auburn coverage at AL.com. Sam, thanks for your time. Thank you, Brett. Again, uh, very much appreciate Sam Blum's time here on Dogpile. Before we get you out of here and send you into the hours and minutes of counting down to first pitch between Mississippi State and Auburn, we do want to update you on what happened in the first day of play here in Omaha for those that couldn't track it. Michigan got four runs in the first three innings, and Carl Kaufman really settled in. He ultimately gave Michigan seven innings of eight-hit, three-run ball, and Michigan beat Texas Tech five to three. The real impact from this going forward is Texas Tech bullpen. The starter, Micah Dallas, he only went three innings, so they had to use some arms, and you want how it affects things as Texas Tech tries to win an elimination game on Monday. Texas Tech will play that elimination game on Monday against Arkansas after Florida State won a really, really entertaining one to nothing game. Drew Parrish was awesome for Florida State. Eight innings of five hit shutout ball. 
with two walks. He was throwing nasty two-seam fastballs on pitch 105 and beyond. He was incredible. Nander DeSados was the hero for Florida State. His sack fly uh, drove in. J.C. Flowers, who ended up getting the save in this game, too. How about J.C. Flowers? This guy, he takes a hit-by-pitch to start the inning, gets on second by a bobbled ball on a play that injured Arkansas's Casey Martin, another piece of news to monitor going forward. Got the third on a sacrifice bunt, scores on a sacrifice fly, then immediately runs out to the bullpen, warms up his arm, pitches the bottom of the ninth, and gets the save in a one nothing win for Florida State. Pretty, pretty good way for J.C. Flowers to start his 2019 College World Series. Again, thank you all for, uh, for tuning in, and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on Dogpile in general, but especially when we go daily during, uh, during postseason. So really, really appreciate that. Glad that uh, there's a, a vocal portion of the, uh, of the listening audience that, that enjoys more Dogpile in, in their life, or at least more frequent Dogpile uh, in their lives. So thank you to all of you for, for listening. Of course, next time. When we, when we speak, we'll, we'll have a Mississippi State game to cover and break down and analyze and, and see where we go from there. So daily dog piles will continue after Mississippi State versus Auburn at 6.30 Sunday night. That comes after Louisville and Vanderbilt play at 1 o'clock. Plenty of coverage to come. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Hudson. Make sure you like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Subscribe to Dogpile on your podcast platform of choice. And we've got a little bit of everything for you. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back pretty soon. Again, we want to thank our sponsors who make Dogpile possible. Mississippi Land Bank. Y'all let them know at mslandbank.com and tell them Hale State. Jubilations Cheesecake in West Point. Jubilations.com. Every season is jubilation season. And High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Trust me, get your coffee at High Point and check them out online. Highpointroasters.com. We'll see you next time.